You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. If you've got questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, financial planning, retirement accounts, you name it, we'll talk about it here. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join us. And uh, we're going to get to those calls in just a couple minutes. I do want to remind you, time is running out. This, this, especially I'm talking to owner-operators right now, this is tax season. Tax season does not start in March. It starts now. November is almost over. December's going to be over before you know it. You've got to get your accounting in order. Do it now, because if you wait till the end of the year, like most people do, it's too late to change anything then. But if you get your accounting in order now, you can start make decisions that will lower your overall tax. And that's what we're looking for. So if you need any help, we can certainly help you with that. Go to the website. It's letstruck.com or give us a call. Uh, The Let's Truck team is here to help. It's 855-800-FUEL, 855-800-FUEL. Three eight three five. All right, we're going to get uh, right to some phone calls. Let's start off in North Carolina tonight. Jason, welcome to the program. Good evening, Kevin. How you doing? Doing great. What can I help you with? Um, I am doing research on retirement at this time. I'm looking at two different um, mutual fund companies to start my individual 401k. I'm looking at the uh, T Row Price and E Trade because they have that Roth option. Okay. Um, I ha- I do- I'm doing the research on their different mutual funds, and not a lot of they don't have a lot of index mutual funds available to new um, new enrollees. Okay. Uh, wh- what would be some better options? And I have other questions also. All right. So occasionally mutual funds will close off a fund if it gets too big and then they'll wait until they lose enough investment in it, not lose enough investment, lose enough people. Somebody will drop out and then they'll start adding new people again. Uh, Which which of the three were you looking for the three index mutual funds that I recommend? Yes. And were they not available? Could you not get an S&P 500 fund? I could find an S&P 500, uh, but I could not find uh, an EFA or um, the small cap. Okay, so they're probably there. They're probably under another name. The small cap could be something like a Russell 2000, could be a Wilshire 2000. What I would probably do, if, if you're having trouble finding them online, I would pick up the phone and give them a call. They, they won't make any 
investment advice, but they can answer your questions. If you say, I'm in the market for a small cap index fund, they can say that, okay, we have a fund, you know, the Wilshire 2000, that, that one qualifies as a small cap. They can answer questions like that. They won't answer questions like, where should I invest my money or, you know, those kind of things. They won't give investment right. advice, but they can answer questions. And I, I have a feeling that both a, a small cap and an EFA are available. They're probably just under a different name. Okay. Um, as far as looking at the average annual returns, uh, are you looking at uh, five or 10 years? And I was looking at stuff over 10% in returns, uh, but that really limits how many funds there are. Yeah, well, it definitely I mean, does. Uh, uh, I look at 10-year returns. Now, eventually, when I get closer to retirement, I'll start looking at five-year returns. But right now, there's nothing in my investments that I want any sooner than 10 years. So I'm looking at 10 years. But I have to say, you know, I, I started giving, you know, this same advice over 15 years ago, and I haven't changed. It's those same three, you know, S&P 500, small cap, and, and an EFA. I mean, and they continually perform at the top of the market with very low fees. Um, speaking of fees, what is a redemption fee? A redemption fee is what it costs you to get your money back when you so when you buy the stock, you, you pay a commission to buy it, but you can also pay a commission or a redemption fee when you sell it. OK, they, a lot of the funds I've seen have redemption fees of two percent for 90 days. Yeah, I wasn't exactly sure what that is. You don't need to worry about that. In, in with what we're doing here, you're going to be doing long-term retirement type investing. And, and you know, honestly, in my in my retirement accounts, where I use this strategy, which is the three index mutual funds, I have in you know 15 years of having these funds, I have zero sales. I mean, I, I just I don't buy and sell. All I do is buy. Every month I buy more shares. I've, I was going to say I've never sold any. That's not true. Um, I liquidated an account once uh, to get a business up and running. So we did sell some then. But um, as part of my overall strategy, I'm not looking at, you know, buying and selling this stuff. All I'm doing is buying every month. Okay. All right. That clears some things up for me. All right. Well, congratulations on doing the hard work and, and getting started on that retirement. It is uh, just the every day you wait, you're losing potential. Let's go to Florida. Mark, welcome to the program. How you doing, Kevin? Good. What can I help you with? Hey. Um, I crossed the road about a year ago and started work, intermodal work. And uh, I, I don't like it. I'm, I'm thinking about going back over the road. And I'm thinking about, I have a 2002 Freightliner uh, entry with a Detroit. And I'm wondering whether I should put money into it or yes. upgrade. And, yes. Put money into it. Don't, don't, 
Yeah, don't go to a newer don't go to a newer truck and newer engines and newer emissions. You're not going to go to California, right? No. Okay. Yeah, keep. I'm what, going back with Mercer. Uh, yeah. Now keep what you've got and, yeah, not, and put money into it, and put as much money as you want into it. Paint it, redo the interior, do whatever you have a budget for, and whatever you want to do because it will be worth every penny. I mean, I. I plan on keeping my pre-emission trucks forever. I, I, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have the money to do it, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. Those are exactly the things I want to do, interior and, yeah. you know, cosmetic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, isn't, isn't I, that kind of... One more. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Isn't that kind of fun, too, to have that budget and be able to just go, you know, kind of get a little crazy and do the interior and upgrade it and... And, and you know what you've got. You know this truck inside and out. We know it's not a problem truck. So, yeah, put put the money into this and keep it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's been a real good truck. It's made me a lot of money, and I figured, man, it's time to pay it back, you know, do some things to it. Yep, and, and, um, and then it's going to make you on, a lot more money. When do you know uh, when it's time to do the bearings? Um, I'm starting to get that Continentals in the back. Um starting to get a little bit of, and I just recently put brand new Continentals in the front, um, the HDL, DL2s. Uh, I'm starting to get a little bit of a bounce, and I don't know if it's um, if it's bearings or it could be something else. A bounce? Uh, notice mostly when I'm bobtailing. Yeah, a wheel bounce is almost never bearings. Now, if we have inside edge tire wear, that could be loose bearings. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything wrong with them. They might just be out of adjustment. So we can check bearing adjustment, and I would recommend that. Uh, But the bounce is going to be either balance or an out-of-round condition. The the first thing to check with any time we have a bounce, and the easiest thing to check, is radial runout. And find a tire shop that has a runout gauge or go buy one yourself. I, I'm recommending owner operators just go buy one. You can get a good one, you know, around the $200 range. And you just jack each wheel up, uh, put the runout gauge against the surface of the tread, spin the tire. We're looking for less than 60 thousandths of an inch out. If you get the wheels less than 60 thousandths, then there won't be a bounce. If there is, now it's balance. And the quickest way to solve balance issues, get some counteract balance beads in there, and that'll take care of it. So check for radial runout. If there is any, correct it. If there isn't, then get uh, equal in, well, get equal in all the tires anyway, because that'll take care of this. I'm sorry, uh, counteract balance beads. We want a, uh, a dynamic balancer in there. Stick around. We'll be right back. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. Our phone number, 855-800-FUEL. 855-800-3835. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. If you want to reach us, it's easy. The number to call us, the Let's Truck team, 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. We can help you out with all kinds of things. If you have questions about the business, if you need help with your accounting, if you're looking for any of the, the products we talk about here on the air, just give us a call. Let's go to the phones, and we're off to Arkansas this time. Calvin, welcome to the program. Howdy, Kevin. Hey, I got a question. Uh, you had a guy here a while back call in about the pack car. He's going to put a fast system on it. Has he ever called back in? I don't believe he has, no. That's what I was wondering. I didn't think he had. I've been listening, and I never heard, and I thought, well, maybe I'd missed one. Um, another question I got, you're working with flow below, correct? Yes, we are. When are you, or have you got any date or anything you're going to reveal anything or, they, cause I've uh, been looking at it and then I heard you was going to do it. I thought, well, I'm going to wait and see what's going on. They, we have a meeting with them tomorrow night. So they've been busy okay. on their end. We've been busy on our end. We, we want to release this pretty quick. And I don't think. I mean, I, I, I'm going to guess that we're not more than 60 days out from having our version. And I don't think we're going to make any major okay. changes. We're going to tweak it a little bit for owner operators and it might just be, you know, a color or a look, who knows? Uh, but they are very, very busy on the fleet side, which is, I'm surprised. Yeah. I've, been, I've been doing this fuel mileage thing for a long time. Fleets are very, very hesitant to do fuel mileage products at all, period. Um, but this product, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, fleets love this thing, and they are busy with the fleets, and they mm -hmm. asked us if we would kind of handle the owner-operator marketing. So that's what we're going to be, you know, hammering out the details for tomorrow night, and we should be announcing something pretty quick. Okay, so it's going to be a little bit different or pretty much the same thing? Uh, you know, I, 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 I can't find any real way to improve it. I was hoping that I could find some way to maybe improve it, and I've looked it all over, and I can't. They did such a great job designing it. So I, it might just be, you know, a color or a look or something. It's not going to be significantly different, no. Okay, well, I think that's all I got. You answered everything, so all right. that's all I was wondering. Thanks, sir. Thanks for the call. And it's possible it won't be different at all. We'll just be handling the marketing for them in the customer service and that kind of thing. So uh, we should have one of the projects we're working on right now is getting a lot of our ISP, our industry solution partners, a lot of their products in our store. So if you've been to our store in the past, uh, look forward to a lot more availability of products here soon. Let's go to Missouri. Carl, welcome to the program. How are you doing, Kevin? Good. What's on your mind? I've got today? a... Uh, can you hear me okay? I can. Go ahead. Hold on. Can you hear me okay? I, I can. I can hear you great, Carl. Go ahead. Okay. Uh the uh, profit gauges. I'm having a real issue with my speedometer, and so I've been using, uh, trying to use, I want to use my mileage off of my GPS because it's more accurate. 
how 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 do I do that on the profit gauges when you put your uh, mileage in? You know, uh, there, month to month. Yeah, two ways you can do this. One real quick way is is call the you know the uh, Let's Truck number, and we'll get Brittany on there, and she can show you. But one of the other ways to do it. Uh, is fairly simple is is take your odometer reading whatever it was and then just start adding your gps miles to it each time so you know you write down what it was on this month then you track with your gps all month and then just add it so you keep using an odometer reading it's just not what's in the truck you just keep adding your gps okay. miles to it that that's probably the easiest way okay all right, we'll try that. The other question was, uh, or comment, the girl that was on there a few minutes ago about the having problems with her uh, accountant and the IRS and these letters that she's being sent. I just, if I was her, I'd take, what I did was I just took my letters from my accountant and uh, the letter from the IRS and went right down to the IRS office. And it still took them... Uh, you know, I still got a couple more letters from the IRS, but each time I got a letter from the IRS, I went right back down to the office, and they finally called somebody, you know, made some phone calls or something and got it straightened, and, and I quit getting these letters, you know? You are correct. From the IRS, yeah. somebody at the IRS had problem. Somebody at the IRS had used their magical fingers on the keyboard and punched the wrong number. And then when you try to go find that person or they try to go find them, they can't find them. And then, you know, the IRS is just pretty soon. It's just an automated letter that comes to you all the time until somebody goes in there and changes it in the system. Yeah. You've and you got to get somebody at IRS to stand. you got to stand right there over them or somebody at your district IRS office or your local IRS office to be on the phone with somebody to punch a key and correct it under your your social security number, you know, you've got a, tech. you've got a good point and that, that always does help to go do this in person. Uh, I, I'm trying to avoid that. And, and if they get a good EA, they shouldn't have to go do this themselves. You're right though. If it gets to a certain point you go down there and you stand in front of them, I, I'm just trying not to, I mean, I know for me to take a day off, go down to the IRS, stand in line, the the aggravation and the hassle, if I have to, I will. And it is good advice. But I think if she just gets a, a good EA, they'll take care of this. And she won't have to go waste a day down at the IRS office. But if you have to, it is it does help to go direct. Let's go to uh, Cheyenne. Kieran, welcome to the program. Hi, Gavin. Can yeah, I how you, you doing today? Good. Um, a long time, long time listener, and I just got a, a quick question. Um, my airlines froze up last night, and the mechanic came out, and he uh, cleaned out the airlines. He took off the air dryer. It has no air dryer on it right now, and I'm running. My question is, how often do I have to flee the tanks with the air dryer off? And in cold, cold weather, it's like minus one right now in Cheyenne. Daily. Uh, so that's where I'm at. Uh, uh, daily, you need to. Uh, drain the tanks. When when are you planning on getting an air dryer back on? Um, I don't know. My, I'm, I, I'm arguing with my boss right now. He wants me to go and haul oil, and I thought the truck's not ready to drive. Yeah, I, I would do it quick. Th this is the worst time of year not to have a, an air dryer. And one of the reasons is this is the time of the year where we get those big temperature swings. 
you know, you might be in a, a hot, sunny day and get up to the 60s or 70s still and, and be down in the 10s at night sometimes this time of year. And those temperature swings, that's what causes condensation. You get condensation in the lines this time of year, and it's going to freeze when you get cold. You've already had it happen. So yeah, I, I, I would not. Well, and I know it's not up to you. You said it, it's your boss, but I, I would not wait long. I would get an air dryer on. In the meantime, I would be draining the tanks daily or literally every time I walked by, I'd be draining them. Okay. Okay. That's what I kind of tell. Thank you. Yeah. You know, the, the, the real answer here is you can't drain them too much. The drier you keep that system, the better off you're going to be. But you, you really don't want to run that any time of year without an air dryer. But you certainly don't want to run one this time of year without an air dryer. All right. So uh, our recording schedule, I want to get you up to date on that. And, you know, we, we are sending out text messages and emails. We are going to continue doing that. We are going to continue for now, but eventually we can't keep sending out the text messages because it gets very expensive and we've got a lot of new shows we're launching. So what I want you to do is start to take note of the schedules of the shows and put a reminder in your phone and put a reminder so it pops up 15 or 20 minutes before the show with the phone number and all you have to do is hit dial and you're in. So my schedule my recording schedule for both uh, Sirius XM and the podcast, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday afternoon, 1 p.m. Eastern time. We usually record for about two hours. So it's usually from about 1 to 2.30 or so. Since we don't have breaks, it goes a little faster. Uh, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern time. And it's real simple to join a recording. All you have to do is dial the number and sit and listen. There's no access codes. If you want to jump in and ask a question or you have a comment or a topic, you just press one at any time. The number to join the call is 347-884-8327. Now, if you've ever filled out a request to be on our email list, and we have uh, over 50,000 people on our email list, um, if you've ever filled that out and you get emails from us, watch your email inbox. From, for a while now, every time we send something out, we're going to have a link in there for you to go update your own information. So name, email, text message number, things like that. We'd love it if you would go in and make sure that we have good updated contact info for you. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we're going to get to a break, but we've got more stuff right around the corner. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. I'm Kevin Rothman. Welcome back. I'm 
Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. We're going to get right back to some phone calls. We're off to Tennessee. Charles, welcome to the program. Charles, are you with me? Uh, going once. Oh, sorry. The mute oh. button was hit. Hello. Oh, there you go. There you go. Sorry about that. <laughs> I had the mute button hit. Um, uh, how you doing today? Nice for taking my call. But um, how do you get to the on-demand? I hear people talking about that they went and listened to a show again and the podcast. I'm, I'm just unfamiliar with what this is. Yeah. Okay. So there's two different things here. Let's talk about what they are. So when we talk about on demand, we're referring to the Sirius XM show and it's only the weeknight show. Our weekend shows are not available on demand. The weeknight shows are, and they're only available for one week at a time. So next week, then those five shows drop off and the new five shows get added. Now, the way that works when we're talking about the serious on-demand system, the first thing you have to do is go upgrade your serious account to include online access. And I think it costs like two ninety nine a month, $2.99 a month. And that gives you a log. That gives you a log in. Then you can go to your app store. So if it's Android, you go to the Play Store. If it's iOS, you go to your app store. And you download the SiriusXM app. The app itself is free. And then what you will do is you'll use your login credentials that you got when you upgraded your account. You log into the app. And then you can listen to any of the serious shows that they put on demand. You can search for them and listen to them. So, and, and our, our weeknight shows are on demand, not the weekend, though. Now, the podcast okay. is totally different. That, that's separate from Sirius and XM. And if you've never done any podcasts before, it's really not that difficult. It's a little intimidating up front because it's new and we don't know what it is. But um, again, what you'll need is a podcast app. So if you go to the Play Store if you're Android or the App Store if you're iOS and search for podcast apps. Now, the, the new uh, iOS 8, if you're on any of the iPhones, has a podcast app built right into it. There are others you can go download and try out and see which ones you like. Once you have a podcast app, then you would just search for my shows. So, for example, you could search for my name, Kevin Rutherford. You can search for The Audio Road, and you'll find those shows. And then once you find them, you just subscribe to them in the app. And then every time – Yeah, it is. And then every time there's a new episode – the app will see it and download it so that when you want to listen to it, they're all just waiting for you. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, next, which which is a better, I, I do reefer hauling, which is better, a carrier or a Thermo King? Because I'm looking at getting a second trailer. Um, which is better, Chevy or Ford? Oh, okay. So it's one of those. It really you is. You hear people talk about carrier cools cools quicker but it uses more fuel and blah 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 see that and that's exactly what would happen you if you get 10 people in the room 
you know, six of them are going to say, well, I buy a carrier because of this, 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 and this, and I don't like the other one because of this and this. Then the other guys are going to say, yeah, but this is more important to me. So that they're, they're really, they're both clearly quality products. Uh, they've been around a long time. You really, it's not a matter of which one's better. It's a matter of which one fits your priorities. You know, for some people, they would say, some people might say, cooling down really fast is a priority for me because I get these loads all the time where I need to just cool it down and I don't have time to wait. Somebody else is going to say, that's no big deal. I never have to deal with that. What's important to me is fuel economy. I want it to be really efficient. Somebody else might say, well, I like one that's easy to work on. Or somebody might say, I went with this brand because the dealer near me is great and I have a great relationship with them. Sometimes it's the dealer that makes the difference, not even the product. Amen to that. Um, synthetic oils in reefer units, is it, does it, uh, is it, does it help anything? Yeah. Yeah. I, I put synthetic oil in every internal combustion engine I own. I, you know, even something as simple as my pressure washer. Uh, I just put synthetic in everything, all my generators, pressure washers, cars, trucks, boats, RVs, motorcycles, everything for me gets synthetic oil. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate what you do. That does it for me. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the support. I I appreciate what you do. Let's go to uh, Connecticut. Russ, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I have a financial problem. Hopefully you can help me with. All right. I'll give it a shot. What's Uh, on your mind today? Let me give you a little background. I'm 100% debt free. I went to buy a new piece of equipment. I decided I wanted to finance it. The financial institution ran my company and me. And I have a zero FICO score. So are, what do I do now? Are you sure? You find it. You have a. You really have a zero score. Yep. They went on all of the uh, reporting agencies and found zero. Now, are you talking about for the business or for you personally? For the business. Oh, okay. That makes total sense. That I get, but we don't care. But they ran it under my social security number. Well, that's what we have to determine. Are they checking your personal credit file and coming back with zero? Uh, Yes. Have you run uh, your credit report or credit scores? No, not yet, because I'm out here on the road and don't have access to my laptop. Okay. Okay, that is one of the first things I would do, uh, is run it yourself just so we can get to the bottom of what's going on. Have you ever borrowed money? Uh, Years ago, but I paid everything off. And it's been probably five years. Uh, okay. So actually having a zero is better than having a low score. 
If you had a, you know, typically scores run from about 300 to 800. There's some variance. If you had a 350, nobody would touch you. Having a zero is actually better. The, The zero just means you've done nothing lately. You haven't borrowed any money. You haven't done anything that would affect your credit score. Like I say, I would go run a credit report yourself just to see what you can find. Now, when the when the finance company came up with zero, did they just say, we can't finance you because of this? Exactly, because they run strictly on FICO. Well, then you, the only thing you can do right now is go find a different finance company. Somebody out there will lend you money um, based on the score, but some companies won't. That's just their policy. But you could find somebody that will. Um, how much are you looking to spend? Uh, probably around a hundred thousand. And how much are you going to put down? Uh, I'm going to put down probably 20%. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that you're going to have any problem with the, well, you will have some problem. You're, you're going to run into these companies that, that won't finance you because you don't have enough of a history, but somebody out there will. And, and what you have to do is you just well, have to keep trying. Didn't, didn't you sometime back have a, uh, a list or new of alternative finance companies? Well, or not necessarily. Well, yeah, I talked about something called peer-to-peer lending. But you may actually run into a problem with that because I, I, I don't know this for sure. But peer-to-peer lending does go check your credit score in order to to assign a risk category to you. Now, it doesn't work the way traditional financing does, but they still go look at that score. And I have a feeling you may have a problem with that because of the zero score. But I don't think you need to use peer-to-peer lending. I think you can use traditional financing. We just have to find the company that's going to do it. So, again, the first thing I would do is I would go run your own credit scores and your credit reports and see what you can find. Uh, Many times what will happen is the lender only uh, subscribes to one of the services. You're going to go check all three major credit bureaus. And that way, if you find any credit score at any, any of the three, you'll have something to start with. So let, let's start there. I've got to get to a break, but we've got more stuff right around the corner. The website is letstruck.com. The number to get a hold of the Let's Truck team, 855-800-FUEL. 855-800-3835, and we'll help you out. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothman. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. Hey, it doesn't happen very often, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you're on the call with us and you press one right now, we'll be able to get to your call. Uh, questions, calls are heavy. Questions are a little light. So if you've got a question, a comment, a topic, whatever it might be, and you're on the line with us right now, press one on your phone. 
and we'll get to those calls. Let's uh, let's head off to Indiana. William, welcome to the program. How are you doing, Kevin? Doing good. What can I help you with? Of course, well, I want to uh, offer my thanks. I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, I got two, uh, a couple of oil samples that she sent over to you. All right. Yeah, they were good, but, you know. Let, let's go. The first one is when I, I start for a little bit, and the second one is when I, I put OPS on it and all that. So, All right, I mean, let's uh, let's go take a look at what we've got here. Uh, so, what uh, what year and what engine? So, seven uh, Detroit seven Okay, and we've got uh, five hundred twenty some thousand miles on the engine and about twenty thousand miles on the oil. Does that sound right? Right, that's the first one. Right. Okay. So this is a very, very clean sample. Like, you could have poured this oil right out of the bottle, and sometimes it's not this clean. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's well, nothing no, to no, talk no. about. No fuel dilution, no soot, viscosity is perfect, base is holding up really well, and there's no wear metals. So um, obviously the engine is performing well. And you could extend your drain and your filter change out to twenty five thousand. Okay. One more question. Sure. Okay. Now, as far as the uh, getting the best fuel mileage, uh, when you drive, should you kind of concentrate more on your speed or? Speed. Speed. Speed is much more important. Here's why. If we change our speed by just one mile per hour, we will change our fuel economy. And, and we'll change it by about one-tenth of a mile per gallon. So if you go a mile an hour faster, you're going to lose a tenth of a mile per gallon. If you go a mile an hour slower... You're going to gain a tenth of a mile per gallon. So that's a pretty quick change in only one mile per hour. And yet on many trucks, I've seen the RPM swing 150 RPM and have almost no effect on fuel economy. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. One last question. Yep, go ahead. Okay, it seems to be, you know... I got the OPS, I got the fast, I got the six grade muscular, I did um well, I got the people, the uh, air filter. And it's been about I guess about twenty I think like maybe twenty two, twenty three thousand miles I've had it on now. And it seems like my fuel is I'm getting less you know, I'm not getting my fuel the uh my mechanical guidance is going down like two or three tenths. Are you tracking um, I mean, are you tracking on fuel gauges? Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, Right now, since it wasn't the original question, I don't have your account up in front of me. If you call back in one of the upcoming shows, ask Lisa to bring up your fuel gauges account and we can go through your individual fuel ups and I can start figuring out why and what might be going on. Let's go to Ohio. Herschel, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I'll try to be quick. Um, 
first thing, I need to put fuel tanks on this thing. The black of it looks like they're spray-painted black from dirty fuel. But anyway, I call the Luma tank. They're in Illinois. Uh, they say they make them with American aluminum and American workers, so I like that. Um, but he asked me, is my tank vented with the cap or by the tank? I will beat the tar out of me. I believe the cap because there's a, a quarter-size indentation in the cap. Does that mean that's where the vent is? And is one or the other better than the other? Uh, I don't know that one or the other is better. We've, we see very, very few problems with either one. So I don't know that one's any better. Occasionally, we will see a vent clog up. And you'll see you'll get that uneven fueling. It'll start to pull from one tank and the other tank won't drop down. But it, it's not that, you know, prevalent of a problem. That indent may very well be the vent on the cap it, it right next to the opening. Um, if you don't see any vent lines on the top of the tank, usually right over by the opening, then it probably is vented through the cap. Yeah, I don't see anything there other than the wiring that goes to your gauge. Yeah. Now then, then if you that's can't, it. yeah, if you yeah, can't see it. the vent, then they're vented caps. Okay. Um, the other thing, fast fuel system I have. Uh, picked up some lousy fuel at the pilot station the other day and needed to change the filters. Um, I called over and talked to Jack at Pittsburgh, and he said to put those filters on dry and let the pump fill them up. Well, this one still has a secondary filter. It's a D-Deck 4, 14 liter, 04. So I changed the secondary, went ahead and primed it because I thought, boy, if I don't prime that one, it might be a problem. So I turned the key on. The little pump was running on the fast. Uh, evidently, I didn't let it pump long enough, and I cranked the tar out of this thing before I finally got it to start. What's the recommendation on doing filter changes on the fast? What procedure? I, fill I, them up. Don't fill them up. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't fill them up. I, I go with Jack. And the reason I don't is because if you're going to fill filters, you, you, you need to be careful with your fuel. You need to pre-filter it sometimes to make sure we're getting it in the right side of the filter. And, it, you know, I, on a standard spin-on, we, we just about have to do it. But on the fast, the beauty, it will prime itself. So I put them on empty, and I'll, I'll let that key run several minutes many times. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I only let it run, I don't know, 30 seconds. I didn't have any idea, and I just cranked and cranked and cranked. Didn't know. Now, I knew what, I did something wrong, but I wasn't yeah. sure what. <laughs> what. What I've always done is, you know, you're you're kind of winding up the service or the filter change, and as I'm thinking about it, I'll go over and hit the key let that pump run while I'm doing other stuff. And, and most of the time I won't even pay attention to how long it runs. But when I go over there and hit it, it just fires right up. Okay. I just didn't let it run long enough. Okay. That's what I was curious about. All right. That'll do it. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's head off to Indiana. John, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Kevin. I've got a uh, 95 Freightliner. It's, uh, it's an FLD 120. It has the uh, uh, the 15306E model CAT in it. Tearing up fuel filters. I get about 2,300 miles, maybe a little bit more out of it. Uh, fuel mileage is down in around the 4.7 miles a gallon. I just did it about two hours ago. Ouch. Uh, Chuck has, uh, it has a 10-speed in it. 
390 gears. I run from 65 mile an hour to 68 mile an hour. I run all my miles in Indiana, uh, just north and south. Uh, I'm kind of lost. I've uh, looked at the, I've had the, the wastegate replacement a turbo, had a new air to air. Well, hold hold on. Uh, you, you said you're you're going through fuel filters really quick, right? John? Uh-oh. John, are you there? Oh, boy, we lost John. Um, maybe I'm missing something, but if you're going through fuel filters that quick, I'm not sure why we're looking at turbos and charge air coolers. If you're clogging filters in 2,000 miles, we've got a fuel contamination problem, not not an engine or a turbo or a charger cooler. So I, I, maybe I was missing something. I was hoping to get some clarification. But what I would do is cut open one of these fuel filters and figure out what's in there. There are three basic substances we see contaminate fuel and clog filters. Um, algae, which is the most common. Soot, uh, we can actually get soot out of the uh, fuel injectors and out of the combustion chamber back into the return fuel occasionally. That's pretty rare. And a substance called asphaltine, which uh, tends to be more predominant in the newer engines that are running hot. Um, If we cut open a filter, uh, algae will be black and slimy, very slippery and gooey almost. Asphaltine will be black and hard and sticky. When you find it, it will tend to settle in the bottom of the filters. And soot will be black and gritty. Now, soot doesn't tend to clog filters, so I don't think that's what we've got here. I think what we've got is algae. Asphaltine doesn't usually clog filters that quickly. So I think what you've got is algae. Once you determine that it's algae, uh, if it is, then go to a West Marine and there are just ask them for their best algicide or biocide. And that will take care of it. I am all out of time. I've got to get out of here. Thanks for joining me. The website is letstruck.com. The phone number to reach the Let's Truck team, 855-800-FUEL. 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you back here next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Do the hard work and master the journey. Good night, everyone. I'm Kevin Ruff.